Hello and welcome to a Monday edition of the Managing Madrid Podcast. I'm your host, Keon Sabani. We are recording this just after 12.20 Eastern slash 6.20 Spanish time. And we are going to do El Dia Después. It's a new segment. We're going full steam ahead. We're going strong with this new segment. I'm really enjoying it. We basically get to talk about lingering thoughts from the game and whatever happens from the post-game show until now. And quick apologies about last night's audio. I know that there were some people who... Um, did not enjoy the audio, and I don't blame you. There was some connection issues, and Matt is well aware of it. He's going to try to get that fixed ASAP, and hopefully by Tuesday's podcast, which I have planned with them, everything will be A-OK. So with that out of the way, Lucas Navarrete is here to uh, join me on, on another Monday segment. Lucas, how you holding up? How you doing, man? How's everything hey, in Valencia? Everything as usual is still in late August and uh, until the middle of September. By end of September, we're still full in summer here. So everything as usual here. You guys should, like I know, like everybody in Spain escapes to the coast. What you guys should really do is escape to Canada late August because <laughs> in Canada, it's like it's a nice, it's like comfortable 20 to 23 degrees. And it's like kind of cooling down and it's a, it's a good spot to be. But Lucas... What is your, I guess, initial initial takeaway from, you know, almost 24 hours removed now from the game? What is the biggest talking point that sticks out to you? Just glad that, that Madrid got that late goal and got the the points. It wasn't it wasn't an easy or, or a particularly brilliant game, in my opinion. I I didn't enjoy the second half from Madrid at all. I didn't I didn't think the team was in full control of the game. Espanol had a few chances here and there. I thought Vinicius was a little bit too uh, confident with his play, sometimes with his with his decision-making late in the game during the second half, trying to dribble past two, three opponents, dribble into coverage instead of you know, finding the open man in, out of those some counter-attacks. But obviously, some other positives apart from from the three points, mainly Camavinga, I thought was was brilliant, grew into the game uh, during the second half, but, uh, and obviously also Rodrigo's presence of the bench. I think both of them were huge, and, and track record and statistics statistics are showing that both of them are, are really brilliant and effective coming off the bench. So hopefully they keep it up. I think with Vinicius, the the thing with him is that yeah, there are definitely instances where he forces the issue too much. Like he he could. He could probably simplify it at certain times, maybe let the game flow through him rather than forcing his will into like three defenders and, and forcing things. However, I think that's the give and take you accept with Vinicius because he can do things that no one else can do when the game is locked. So it's okay for him to go into some sequences where he's forcing it a little bit because you know that you're going to also get great moments from him within the game. And I think that's just kind of the give and take you accept when when you get him. And I actually thought like, he was still pretty good overall in this game, and he was important, obviously, in, in unlocking. And we had a lot of transition opportunities. Like, I know, like, to me, my perception was similar to yours, Lucas, in that, you know, there was, I thought we started good, hmm. uh, which was kind of the opposite of how the Celta game went. And then we let Espanol, we kind of took our foot off the pedal a little bit. We let Espanol kind of grow into the game. I think that's a combination of both Espanol waking up a little bit, being more aggressive with the press, but also us being a little bit too comfortable at times. I still think this team has a lot of, how do I put it? Clearly individual talent. Mm. But there's structural issues at play 
that I think we're just so good that it doesn't matter sometimes that we're just breaking down structurally. Like the, the a, a classic point is the goal itself, right? But I the goal we conceded rather. And um, but having said that, it wasn't just a goal. Like there were definitely moments like just trying to figure out. Like everyone with a brain can see that too many is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of his profile, he's different than Casemiro in the sense that he's not going to be the anchor, the one who's constantly putting out fires the way Casemiro did. But clearly by design, Ancelotti is asking him to play ahead of Cruz and Modric at times. And that's interesting. And, you know, if you're going to do that, obviously it has its benefits. He set up Vinicius on the opening goal. And there were other there were other sequences where he's running into the box off the ball, trying to drag defenders away. Um, if you're going to do that, I think you really have to make sure that you have your structure in place. Because I think what happened when Zidane sent Casemiro up the field often was that then we just had no one defending. And, and so that... Things like that, I think we have to really figure out, and I think we have to figure out quickly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think Chouameni was obviously his play uh, during that first goal was an instant upgrade over what Casemiro could have or would have done in that same situation. I, I think Real Madrid were missing a player capable of doing things like that. But also, out of that game overall, I thought that I feel I feel a bit reassured in my thinking that you know. For these games, you don't need Fede Valverde playing on the right wing. I know you're more okay than I am with with that particular role in this particular context, but you know I need more. I need more production from my from my right winger in in, in these particular games. I don't think he was a threat at all. I think the Ancelotti, by the way, needs to be given credit for his substitutions. I thought all of them were spot on and what the team needed, other than maybe using Hazard. Instead of you know doing the the Carvajal for basket substitution, other than that, that I'm totally okay with the substitutions. But and I, by the way, I didn't think I was I didn't think he was going to to introduce Kemabinga and, and remove Valverde from the game. But anyway, I I, I wasn't that uh, happy and satisfied with Valverde's not with his performance but with his role overall in this game. And I think that ultimately Rodrigo is going to have to be. More important than than what Ancelotti would probably like uh, against these kinds of teams. The interesting thing about Fede is because you mentioned that you weren't unhappy with his performance, but more about him playing there. Yeah. When you think to, of Fede's most memorable moments from that game last night, like almost none of them were on the right side. He was like coming over to like help on the help. left side defensively, yeah. or he was drifting centrally. Um, in midfield, and I suppose if that's what Ancelotti wants to do, like let's say if you're sending two many up front, maybe you want to have that Fede Valverde cushion who's kind of now. I just don't think that that was happening though. That's the thing. So it wasn't happening that consistently to say that that's what the game plan was. But I will say, like I think I'm surprised we've seen so much Fede at right wing, generally speaking, because yeah, it kind of started off as an experiment last year, right? Yeah. Um, we there was a there was a patch against like I think it kind of ended like you can kind of see the turning point in the season last year, PSG first leg yeah before and after. That's kind of the the time where Ancelotti was like I'm done with Asensio man he doesn't he doesn't yeah. contribute to anything. 
and he's trying to find solutions. So he's he's putting Fede Valverde there, and obviously Rodrigo then comes off the bench and changes the game. But I didn't. I thought maybe that if he's going to go that route, this is going to be more of a thing that Fede plays on the right wing in those games. I didn't necessarily expect to see it over the course of a season, you know, away to Espanol. But I also think, obviously, the interesting thing, Lucas, yesterday was that Rodrigo comes in, he plays on the left, and he, yeah. we just go every, we just overload that left side and put everyone there and just make things happen. And I think because I'd be curious to know what you think of this. It almost feels like no matter what the game situation is, what the game state is in the second half, we can throw on anyone and it just helps us. Like Ancelotti last night said after the game that Kamavinga is a player that gives you energy when the game is broken. And that's what he did last night. Uh, but if you bring on, let's say like Rodrigo started on the right yesterday, Fede came in. If you put Fede in that situation where the game is that open, we had so many transition opportunities. If Fede comes in like with full energy at that point, he's going to make a big difference too on the right wing. So I don't know. I I, I guess like I, I keep thinking about that quote that Ancelotti said when he first was hired as manager when he said, it doesn't matter who starts game, it matters who finishes them, which is like, to be honest, more true in the NBA when you can make yeah. unlimited <laughs> substitutions and not, I don't know about football, but... I'm starting to see I'm starting to see that part of it now. So I don't know in terms of like just the game changers off the bench, Lucas. I you know, that's a theme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And about Kamavinga and his quote, I think that Kamavinga is probably a better player than than what Ancelotti explained in that particular context and that particular question and I'm sure that Ancelotti thinks is uh, same way too. I think that Kamavinga can give you both things he can give you energy and, and you know and transitions and all that but also creativity and we saw it when Real Madrid needed goals uh, during the last 10 minutes of a game uh, last season I think he's created enough to, to 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 break things apart and 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 just be a spark of the bench and also obviously starting for Madrid I don't think he's also or he should be limited to being a, a, a an energy player uh yeah a, a, an energy and, and muscle and physical player I think he he has more than that into him and I'm sure that Ancelotti feels this way, but he, you know, just wanted just wanted to emphasize a little bit that I think that you know he, Ancelotti probably missed a little bit on on that particular answer to to the reporting in terms of of Kamavinga. I think that he's he's shown to be a tremendous player in both um, aspects of the game, the the physical part of the game where he can provide energy and also the creativity and and, and technical side of things. I wanted to get your thoughts on the fact that Hazard and Asensio weren't used last night. You did mention in passing maybe Hazard could have made an appearance. I don't even know how Hazard helps in this game. He would have gone to the same, left, same, and I don't yeah. even know if he upgrades Rodrigo. The answer is no, actually. But yeah. So I've seen like so we're not even using the subs we have in offense, mm -hmm. and we we're everyone's still crying about the signing or lack thereof. Um the ones we have are not being used. Now, the argument is that, well, maybe the ones we have are not that good. That's why they're not being used, and I get that. But, again, so you're not going to take Vinicius or Benzema off last night. Um, but Rodrigo, obviously, there's a huge case to come, and you have a bunch of midfielders you need to accommodate who are going to change the game, like Kamavinga, like Ceballos, who's, who's becoming more and more important as the season goes on. After three games, the reason I say that is because I think he will be more important now that Castamira was gone, that Chuma, and he's going to play deeper roles. Um... I've seen some crazy names being thrown out there, Lucas. Names that are like 
even worse than Jovic and Mariano. People are getting desperate. I don't want to call anyone out, but first of all, first of all, what what is this? What is the latest update on that? What's the August twenty ninth? How many days do we have left? Angelotti said that September second will know what Asensio's decision is. Yeah. September second, forget about it. You're not signing anyone if Asensio leaves, even yeah. if you wanted to. But um, what's the what's the latest? Nothing, nothing. Even though the club would like to to receive some serious offers or serious interest from other clubs, I think that you know Ancelotti's latest quotes during the the Champions League draw uh, go um, in that direction. I think that Ancelotti is Ancelotti and the club are trying to find a new club for Asensio. To me, I don't think the interest or the offers are that real at this point. With United potentially signing, uh, what's his name, Anthony from PSV, probably kind of uh, gets uh, rid of their interest in their potential or reported interest in in Asensio. And to me, Asensio is likely going to stay. And I don't know. I think that Ancelotti's quotes saying that you know he's he's looking for some moves or some options here and there. It's just the club's way of telling Asensio, you're expendable. You should find a new club. You should find a new home in order not to not to see him leave as a free agent. But, you know, last night I thought it was a bit worrying in the death regard. I think that Real Madrid had all their, their attacking players available. It's not like, you know, the first two games when Rodrigo wasn't there. <sighs> and needed a goal by the last 10 minutes or so and you know the substitute the one and only substitution we saw was Carvajal for for Lucas Vázquez after obviously Camavinga and, and Rodrigo had already came in so i don't know i think real madrid could use some help asensio will probably get that kind of role or hazard down down the road if they if asensio ends up staying hazard is a given that he will be there this season but I don't know if they've, they've moved the needle uh, that much for Real Madrid off the bench, considering that, you know, we've, we keep reading and Asensio will likely be, quote-unquote, a bit frustrated with his role if, if, if he's going to stay. So I think that Real Madrid will potentially lack someone in the attacking side of things off the bench uh, this road, and I'm a bit worried with, uh, with the depth there. Uh, Anthony from Ajax, by the way. I I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to cut you Ajax. off because uh, I didn't want to cut your train of thought off. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, uh, what's clear to me is that last night specifically, if you had, man, just give give me a name that we've been linked to as a striker that we didn't sign. Like, I uh, don't know. Cavani could, could be thrown there. He's, he just right. signed for Valencia. He would be the addition signing for Real Madrid, in my opinion. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, so if you had Cavani last night, who are you taking off for him? Not, you're not taking off Benzema. And I'm not taking off Vinicius if I need a goal. If you, if but, you need to go all in for a goal, you're probably taking out too many. Maybe. But at the same time... Um, I think we've seen also in football history that just taking off all your midfields or a bunch of forwards is, is not necessarily a good idea. You need to have some structure. Even if you go ahead of 
goal with like you know 10 15 minutes left you you can't just sacrifice yeah, all yeah. your structure for that and also i think too many contributes to the attack you need someone same, like same, you need yeah. someone deeper roles to create so anyway so you can we can argue that back and forth whether he would have got would have made sense to even put him on in a game like that but and maybe there are people shouting in their car right now as they're listening to this like we should have came on for this player or that player whatever but i do think the argument is not so much about last night it's about we need there are going to be games where we have to rest Benzema and Vinicius and that's when the argument comes in and says and then and then i would ask is hazard are hazard and asensio good enough if asensio leaves we're not signing anyone we're leaving it really really tight um i had two questions for you lucas question number 1 would Asensio have played if this was after the transfer window and we knew officially? Okay, so this was a message then to him. No, I to like so. yeah, I yeah, so. yeah, get yeah, going, yeah. buddy. Yeah, I I have to believe that Asensio would have come off the bench last night had he not been linked to several teams and had him without his contract situation and and all that. I think this was a message. Yeah. Question number two: How much is the Arribas dream re- rekindled <laughs> now after Ancelotti was at the Castilla game? And Arribas scored. I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't see Arribas' performance. From what I'm reading, he was uh, he was pretty great. I don't know. It's just a matter of him getting a few games here and there, and and making the best of his opportunity. I'm guessing. You know, it'll be tough for him to get this chance. Though I think that we're uh, at least two, one or two injuries, last suspensions, away from seeing this opportunity for Arribas. But last year we saw Peter Federico playing. Other other seasons we saw Marvin Park playing. So you know maybe he gets a chance sometime. Real Madrid will be playing nine games in October. Obviously some of them will be against huge opposition like Barcelona. I think Atlético no Atlético is in September. But anyway, in some of them it's clear that Arribas won't play. But maybe when the Copa del Rey is there right after the World Cups, some veterans might be tired slash injured or whatever. We see Arribas playing I don't know 20 30 minutes in in one game and he makes the best of his opportunity in that game scores his last gives an assist his last praise grade uh, contributes and make an impact and from then on Ancelotti starts trusting him it's just a similar case to the to the Jesse situation when during that first uh, season with Ancelotti I feel like I think Jesse you know the chips fell into the right places right at the right time Jesse was given the opportunity to play 10-15 minutes of the bench when Real Madrid needed a goal and ended up scoring and ended up you know getting more chances to play in that season until that devastating knee injury but I don't know we're still a, a bit one or two injuries just last suspension away from seeing a Rivas I think Probably. I do think it's more alive now than it was last week, though. Because since last week, Ancelotti came and said no new signings. And then, no, like literally the same day, like hours after he said no new signings, even if Asensio leaves, he goes and watch Arribas' play. So that, even if it's just 1%, Lucas, I'm taking that 1% and I'm going to hold on to that 1% and just hold on to hope. Um, I, I think he would be useful. If, if he gets... Like, if, if we just give him a little bit of a run, my hot take and prediction would be that he would actually be trusted later on in the springtime. That's what I wrote about this weekend after the Castilla game, was that if you're going to promote Arribas to solve your problems in April when everyone's injured, forget about it. That's not happening. No. But if you confidence first, yeah. Yeah, he, he, if, you're, if you start incorporating him now, just give him baby steps, yeah. a little minutes here and there, in non-important minutes even, like when we're up 4-1 against Salta, for example... 
and just build his confidence then. And by April, if we do need him, maybe he actually can contribute in a big game off the bench. You know what I mean? Um, you so know that, when, that's my argument. You know a stretch where I think as Arribas could get a shot at playing maybe? If Real Madrid take care of business and get, say, four out of four wins in the group stage, and the other teams, you know, end up being mixed out and Real Madrid end up achieving, you know, the first spot in the in the group with, say, two or one game left in the Champions League. You know, October is going to be a crazy month for Real Madrid. I could see I could see a Rivas getting a shot at playing some some minutes in in that part, in those particular games in the late games in the Champions League with the team having already achieved uh, the first spot in the group. I could see that. And. Definitely, the tools are there for Real Madrid to to accomplish that target. I think the group is very man- manageable for Real Madrid. They should uh, cruise through the uh, through this group stage, and I think that will potentially give Rivas a, a, a good opportunity to sh- to prove his worth. And and if that happens, by the way, I think he has a very good ch- uh, chance to maybe start and play full ninety minutes. So obviously, that's a, a big chance for him. Great, great ideas. I agree. But, bro, I'm already calling it. We're going to lose to Celtic. We're going to lose to Shakhtar. We're on the last match day. <laughs> we're going to be like, we, it's it's like once the gala. We need to we need to win that game. And we're going to struggle. Remember Sheriff last year. Yeah, Sheriff, Sheriff last, last year. Modric and Cross playing 85 minutes in a 3-0 <laughs> game against Sheriff. Yeah. We're going to be like second place in our group. And then we're just going to beat uh, PSG, Manchester City, Liverpool with no problems after that. Um, Sounds fine, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, you know, like in years past too, you could argue Copa del Rey was a place to earn minutes, but that's not the case anymore after they changed the format because you're not playing like in the round of 32 or 64 against like FC High School from from you know Sevilla. <laughs> like it's like you're literally playing in the round of 16. So like you have and you only have one game, so you can't like screw up for one game and then come back. Like so, you're starting to see like. The last few years, we played good players in those games. I mean, everyone's a good player, but you know what I mean. Like, so yeah, those yeah, minutes yeah. are gone too. Um, uh, what was the other thing I wanted to ask you? Maybe that was it. Oh, I just wanted to comment that uh, between Peter and Aribas, Peter is the more pure right winger. Uh huh. But I think Aribas is the better player. Um, so I just wanted to put that out. But it'd be cool to see Peter cameos too. But I think Aribas is is the better player with the higher ceiling. But it'd be cool to see a pure right winger playing in Real Madrid's right wing because we saw last night, man, Rodrigo is so comfortable on the left. I, I still feel like he's a patch on the right. Uh, no matter how comfortable and how big of an impact he makes on the right here and there in some occasions, in most occasions, actually, he's still uh, a very key contributor for Real Madrid on the right wing. I still feel like he is suited to play on the left obviously that's that chance is gone with uh, with Vinicius being an undisputed starter for Real Madrid but you know it's uh, it will be nice to see a pure right winger in the right winger in, in the squad playing on the on the on the right wing instead of you know these players who can play on the right wing but are, you know are maybe half or two thirds of the player they can be in in some other positions. Especially, I'm thinking about Fede and, and Rodrigo in these cases. Yeah, like our entire right side is just makeshift. Yeah. If even Lucas Vasquez, who is not a right back, is is like that. That's and everything goes to the left. I, all the subs last night were all right sided players. It was Fede, Modric, and Vasquez. 
And and even and even Asensio, you could argue that Asensio he's not would be better on the left on the left wing. I don't know. That's sure. That's debatable. Obviously, it's debatable. I, it's debatable. I, that that yeah. debate was very present with Gareth Bale too. Everyone would argue yeah, was he better same. on left or right. He can he's kind of good on both, and it yeah. depends on which which night you catch him on. But um, I kind of wonder, Lucas, do you think if we had signed that player we do not speak of anymore, who rejected us? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we got a glimpse of it last night in the sense that would he have played on the left the way Rodrigo did? Like Rodrigo and Vinicius kind of on the left together with Benzema there, everything just going through there. And uh, I don't know. I'm curious because he's, he's another one who wouldn't have been a pure right winger also. Are we talking about Gnabry? I don't know who we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I don't know. I think he, you know, the, the offensive line would have been pretty interchangeable, I think, with with Vinicius Mbappe and Benzema, but obviously that ship is is has definitely sailed. And for three years, anyway. For three years, yeah, or two, or whatever. I'm just terrified of the possibility of spending another summer thinking whether thinking about whether or not he's going to sign for Madrid. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I'll be curious to see if Asensio ends up staying, which is what I'm predicting. I'll be curious to see his role because usually both both the clubs and the players. Are a bit reluctant of giving um, or playing relevant minutes during the last year of the of their contracts. Obviously, that isn't the case with uh, huge stars like Mbappe or whatever. But we saw it with with Kedira, for example, in his last season for Madrid. He was a, a key player for Ancelotti the year before. Also, the the knee injury happened there, and you know the players have an argument that if they're not going to be around and they're go- not going to have a contract extension signed they might actually want to slow things down in order not to risk a serious injury, especially when they have already suffered one, like like Asensio. So I'll be curious to see his role going forward if he stays. I don't know how, how willing both the club and Ancelotti and also Asensio will be willing to, I don't know, play key or key minutes or some minutes here and there. I'll be curious to see that. Um, you, you mentioned Hadera uh, just... Shout out to Khadira because he. Uh, I was watching his some of his highlights today because ten years ago oh. today uh, was the day where Real Madrid beat Barcelona in the Super Cup. It's the one where Ronaldo does that flick over PK's head. Remember the flick over PK's head? No, I don't think I remember. You remember if you saw it. It's on managingmadrid.com. Go watch it. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, you of course you remember. It's uh, the, the Super Modric Cup. debut game. Yes, Modric debut, right. and uh, right. Hadera has that one run where he dribbles past like five players and goes into the box and shoots. You remember that? I think I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. I was just uh, I thought of that because um, because it was ten years ago today. I was I was watching that. Um, Fine player, cool professional. I think Hadera obviously had his uh, his uh, weaknesses in his game. That's for sure. Uh, he was not a star, but you know, a cool a cool player, a cool professional, a cool dude in, to have in Real Madrid. I think he was very useful during those three years. He was, I, I mean, I, that was like five, no, sorry, three, four, five, three, four years before I became a journalist. So I don't really remember uh, what people thought of him or, or anything like that. But just among my circle of friends, he was very polarizing. Like one of my friends swore that he did nothing on the field. He's like, I don't understand what he does. He does nothing. Why is he there? And then other, um, some other friends were like, dude, he's unsung hero, man. He works hard. He does this and um, does that. So, I lean towards the last uh, mm. the last argument I think it was crucial for in Mourinho's team in order for other players to shine especially with a creative 
defensive midfielder like Alonso. You know, obviously Alonso was his positioning and all was great, but he wasn't the fast, uh, the fastest guy, uh, recovering space and, and and in transition and all that. And I think Kedira, especially in the, in the Mourinho years, in the three Mourinho years, was a, a crucial player. Maybe not that much in in Ancelotti's first season, but obviously had his that season is when he suffered that ACL injury. injury. Yeah. So, but you know, the first three years with with Mourinho, I thought he was very, very important for Real Madrid. Yeah. So, any uh, any concluding thoughts, Lucas, before we wrap it up? No, just looking forward to the first home game of the season against uh, against Betis on Saturday. We'll see. I I'm predicting Rodrigo to start in that game, and we'll see if Real Madrid uh, use that uh, boost in offensive production with him in that position. I'm I'm looking forward to the game. People should neither people. Or the team should take uh, Betis lightly. I think Betis are half scored three wins out of three games for a reason. They're a quality team, and and people should look forward to to that game because they will put on on a fight for sure. Lucas and I will be back on Thursday, as we are every Thursday. We take questions from patrons over on patreoncom managingmadrid. It's a world famous mailbag. If you do not have access to that yet, you're missing out. Please go over and. Join Patreon so you can get access to that plus other bonus content. We have another one coming out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. So we'll see you on the inside. Lucas, thanks so much for joining the show. It's a great, great Monday as always with you. And we'll yep. chat Thursday. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.